You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by MLB.tv. It's baseball everywhere. Hello, everybody. I'm Anthony Cashman. Thank you for tuning in. I am joined by Scott Merkin, and we are talking about the mighty, mighty White Sox, Merck, uh, 18 and 8. And what's impressive, beyond the record, of course, is that they just finished a stretch of 19 consecutive games and really were no worse for the wear and tear. No, actually, we're better. I mean, 13 and 6 overall in those 19 games. Now, did they have one day off the entire month of April, unless you count that Sunday where, you know, the season started? and they had one Sunday game against the Indians that was rained out. Aside from that, this team played every day in April. And then to finish the month of May, they, with the doubleheader makeup with Cleveland at home, they have 17 games in 16 days to finish off that 31-day yeah. period. So schedule maker, not, uh, not helping the White Sox at all, but they're taking things in their own. I know you've already, uh, you've already warned me not to make any plans for Don Henley concerts in October this year. <laughs> I have. I have. I, I would stay away from those concerts in general, but uh, especially if you're going to be working. Uh, but they were 10 under or 10 over, huh? That's right. Uh, we saw it against Sunday, Merck. You know, this team is scoring runs late. They have uh, Maybe it's not a, a, a gargantuan offense in general, but uh, they are scoring the most runs in the American League in the seventh inning or later. That's made a big difference to them. Yeah, you know, it's interesting that when the season started, people kind of said, well, they're off to a good start, but they played Minnesota and Oakland, who both aren't very good teams. And Oakland has actually played pretty decently in the first month. Then it was, you know, well, their offense isn't scoring enough to hold up against teams with good offenses like Texas and Toronto. And they just seem to find ways to win, at least through, you know, again, it's 26 games. You're not even close to making a dent in the schedule. But, you know, it it seemed like a different team even in spring training. And I think the guys who aren't hitting, you know, overall, Jose Abreu, Todd Frazier, to their career levels, will hit. And in the interim, as you said, they're getting key hits. You know, Todd Frazier hit the – Big home run off Darren O'Day, who never gives up home runs to right-handed hitters. And Abreu had the game-winning hit in that same game Saturday night when they rallied from a, from a late deficit. So, yeah, they're, they're, they're never out of it. There's a lot of fight in this team. It sounds like, you know, I could throw every cliche in the book in there, but it really is true in this team. And I think it just goes back to Rick Hahn found a good fit on this team. You know, I know people don't view that as strong as it used to be because there's no numerical data to kind of back it up. But... I think last year they they made the right moves, and for some reason that team as a whole just didn't fit. This team from pretty much Soxfest back in late January, you could see, you know, kind of fit had that chemistry together. Well, this for numerical data, Merck? Chris Sale okay. is 6-0. and Right. With a 1.66 ERA, a 0.81 whip, a 171 average against. These are all good things, but you know, what's notable about the way he's been awesome is he isn't striking out everyone under the sun. He has 38 strikeouts in 43 and one-third innings, so less than one per inning, which is not what we're accustomed to seeing from uh, Mr. Sale. But he seems to be more concerned with efficiency and going deep into games uh, this season. What do you think? You know, I don't want to go against uh, the great Don Cooper or anything else, but I, I never saw, like, those high pitches. There weren't a lot of games last year where Chris Sale had 12 strikeouts through six innings and 130 pitches. There were no games, yeah. as a matter of fact, like that. I think he's economical, period, because the guy doesn't walk people. I know he had a 
he was a bit erratic in the series finale against Baltimore, but I think he's allowed one every now and then to be a little off the mark. But, you know, aside from the games that he got hit hard last year, which seemed to be Minnesota for the most part, you know, this is a guy who works deep into the game almost every time out there, seven, eight, nine innings. But I understand what they're saying. They're trying to even minimize, you know, what they have out there and just trying to go for early contact and not worrying about the, you know, going 275 strikeouts this year to break his single season total last year. I will tell you that from talking to Chris in the past, I know he said a little differently yesterday, but I know he's one of the pitchers who actually values the, the win statistic. And I think the way he looks at it, well, I know the way he looks at it is that, you know, again, it, there's, you know, variations. Jose Quintana would be an argument that the win doesn't, doesn't matter that much for a pitcher. There's others the same way who have, you know, four or five, five ERAs and are 10 and two or something like that. But Chris kind of feels that if you give yourself a chance, if you can work deep in the game and shut down the opponent, depending on what your team is doing that day, then it does show that the pitcher is out there to earn that. And he's done that great this year, whether he has had great stuff, which he did the first five starts, or, you know, slightly off the mark with still great stuff in that sixth start. I will tell you that in Chicago right now, people are already trying to figure out into July whether Chris Sale and Jake Arrieta will match up in any of those. You know, there's four four straight games at the end of July, two in USA or two at the Field, and people are already trying to figure out if Sale and Arrieta will face each other in one of those four. Maybe they'll face each other in the All-Star game, uh, the way things well, are going. Well, that could be, too, yeah. Um, you mentioned Sale uh, letting him just, you know, put put into play. Jeez, uh, I'm talking over myself here. You mentioned Sale letting them put the ball in play early in counts, and I think when you're playing defense the way the White Sox are, you can afford to do so, Merck. Uh, they are turning 73% of balls in play into outs. Uh, last year was 68.9%. They ranked 28th in baseball last year, 7th in baseball this year. Uh, the defensive improvement is pretty striking. Yeah, it's interesting how, you know, a small percentage improvement is a significant improvement. And, and you can see it. I mean, that, that's one of the things that I think Don Cooper and the pitchers have kind of, you know, talked about compared to last year. Is last year, I, it, the pitchers kind of felt like they had to do it themselves. You know, the, the offense was not good. That's been talked about ad nauseum the defense was just as bad and it got a little better as the year went on it was basically you know april may that that the struggles were most pronounced and in, in that's in the defensive area but yeah it makes a difference you know todd frazier i think he's hitting 220 with a 295 opp right now but so what you know i mean he's getting delayed hits and his defense has been the best i've seen at third base for a white Sox player since joe creedy was there we're talking oh six for that i think since joe creedy was there no well, that was his that was his prime year. I think he might have been there another year after that. But that's that's how long they've had. You know, they've had guys who can do it there for a little bit. But in terms of consistent feel, that's Todd Frazier out there. Lori's been very good at second base. Had a couple of errors in Baltimore, but you know, errors are going to happen. I think it's just making the consistent plays, not giving the added outs consistently. That's the difference. And the Sox have done that this year. And you couple that with, you know, the great pitching they have. They have the best bullpen in baseball right now, and four really consistent starters to date. And you're going to win 18 to 26 games when you put that kind of stuff together, even without a consistent offense so far. And how about Adam Eaton in right field? You know, he was kind of, from a numerical standpoint, uh, defensive run saved and whatnot, he was, he was kind of trending downward in center field, and they make the move to right field. He's been terrific, plus 10 on the defensive run saved uh, metric here so far. Yeah, I think, you know, it, it's not a stretch through what are we today? We're taping this. It's May 2nd. I mean, Adam Eaton has been probably, you know, if not the best defensive outfielder in the American League, one of the top two or three. He's been yeah. amazing. I mean, and this is a guy, remember, who didn't get out in the field in spring training until March 23rd or March 22nd, I think it was. 
because he was on a throwing program after his offseason shoulder surgery. And he has thrown just some, some lasers. I mean, he, he's been tremendous. And, you know, who will forget the, the triple play that he started by getting a great read and a great movement first step off uh, the Miss Moreland line drive that Friday night at home against Texas. And he's been, he's been doing that all year. He made a great catch, even though he kind of didn't get a perfect read off the bat on a, a Matt Wieters line drive in the ninth inning of the, the Saturday game, which if he misplays that, who knows? They may have the, the tying run at third, although Wieters doesn't run very well, but still in score position with nobody out. So, yeah, I mean, give Rick Hahn credit. That was a great under-the-radar move to pick up Austin Jackson late in spring training because that has made the whole outfield defense better because, you know, Hawk Harrelson talked a lot last year going into spring training about the Sox had the best outfield defense. And I think he said, he might have said baseball, but for sure the American League. And I think people who watch Kansas City kind of kind of balked a little bit and that said, ah, you might, you might be missing on that one. But I think he'd be right this year, at least through April. There, there's not much better than the combination of Cabrera, Jackson and Eaton in the outfield this year. One last thing, Merck. Uh, the Sox are sticking with John Danks despite his 7.25 ERA. He's dropped seven in a row dating back to last year. What do you make of that decision? Well, I, I will tell you that, you know, John Danks is an important piece of that club in terms of his clubhouse influence, just his presence there. In the same sense, I don't think they're going to say, well, John Danks is an important piece as he goes to 0-11 or something like that. But there is precedent if you look at his – if you look at his stats last year, that he did have some months like this, maybe not quite as bad as this April, but he did have some months like this only to bounce back and have pretty consistent months. I mean, that's kind of where he is right now. You know, he's kind of a four ERA, hopefully, and a guy who can get you deep in games and give you chances to win more often than not. I, you know, I think they want him to succeed. They do have some options. You know, Jacob Turner, Miguel Gonzalez, who I believe got hit with a line drive in a minor league game yesterday, so I'm not sure what his status is. Um, Chris Beck's down there, Eric Johnson, and Carson Fulmer has put together two or three real nice starts at Birmingham in a row. So, you know, keep an eye on him. But I, I think ultimately they would like John Danks to be the guy who, who takes that spot. As I said, though, in the same sense, this is a team that wants that is winning this year, and they want to continue winning. And I don't think if John is just not getting the job done that they're going to continue taking a chance on every fifth day, you know, having to kind of burn the bullpen or – you know, use a number of relievers. I don't know what the next step would be. I would think it would be moving John into long relief, but who knows what would happen then. But for right now, he's starting against uh, Boston, and they'll go from there and see what he can do. All right, your source for White Sox Insight and Don Henley tour dates is Scott Merkin. I want to thank him for joining us, and thank you all for tuning in. This has been MLB.com Extra, Chicago White Sox edition. MLB.tv Premium, the number one live streaming sports service, is celebrating 13 years. Watch every out-of-market regular season game live or on demand in true HD. Real-time highlights, live look-ins, pitch tracking widget, and more. MLB.tv Premium includes a free At-Bat 15 subscription. Watch live baseball on over 400 mobile and connected devices. Watch at home, in the office, or on the go. Every night, on every device. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Visit MLB.tv for details.